Hello and welcome to episode one of Rapple's WrestleMania weekend coverage. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And no Joe with us, but JP, we're here to take people through WrestleMania weekend. Uh, mm. Is this an official episode of Spotlight? I didn't introduce it as, but I suppose it's our, our yearly special that we used to do on the Indie Corner. It's Grapple Mania Spotlight. Grapple Mania, I love it. That's, there you go, branded. We need a logo now, JP. Gonna have to now. Gat's good at those. It yeah, gives yes. challenge. Give him something to do. Because it's not like there's any wrestling to watch this weekend, is there? This... Yeah, that's it. He's, uh, he's not busy enough. Uh, how you been faring, mate? I've, uh, it was a long night last night. I've spent, I don't know if you've, I'm trying this year to, I'm watching a lot of stuff. So the mornings <laughs> after, I'm trying to force myself to get out of bed. Uh, I spent a little bit, this, I went to the gym this morning, managed to get that in. Good lad. And I had some food, uh, had a little bit of a shop. Uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep that up. But my idea is that I'm going to be really, really unhealthy in the nighttime. So I'm try and be healthy in the daytime. There might be something to do that, uh, but I don't know. How have you been getting on? Uh, kind of, it's a different strategy for me. You're familiar with this strategy of mine, which is I'll watch stuff and then I'll tend to get to about normally like match one or whatever the late card is, the one that around one o'clock, and then I'm gone. Mm. And then I've got to catch up in the morning. I tend to be a bit of an early bird. So <laughs> I, I was, I was talking to you about midnight on Facebook Messenger. I was talking to you about okay. midnight on Facebook Messenger and you, yeah, you disappeared uh, not soon after that, but that's uh, that's kind of par for the course. It is. It's it's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm given a chance, I'd do it at a live events if I get away with it. I'd be like I'd be like Jeff Ogden going, oh, cheeky sleep. Grab some uh, naps. <laughs> grab some naps. So, yeah. but, so it ended up me watching uh, quite a bit today yeah. on the flight app as I was doing, like walking to the post office and queuing up watching Bloodsport. <laughs> I was I was catching up with WXW. I'm glad you said that. I don't feel so mm. weird. I was in the shower watching that epic David Starr promo. Uh, oh. Needs must, though, mate. I mean, I was I, I stayed up a bit later than you last night. I was up till four in the mm. morning uh, getting to the end of the the, uh, the WrestleCon Super Show, which is one of the shows we're going to talk about today. And my, my mate Matty Edwards, who we mentioned on this show quite a bit, um, was calling me all kinds of names for not playing up for Impact. <laughs> Impact that started at four in the morning our time and finished about seven. I think he made the entire thing. Uh, even I'm, I'm not that hardcore. I can't do that these days. He's like a willing masochist. I mean, Joe referred to it in the last episode, and you have of just sort of me being canary in the coal mine mm. and sort of being a martyr for all of our wrestling. <laughs> you are. Matt, Matty Edwards watches, he watches some stuff. And he, he seems more than happy to take it on, or he does it completely in in the face of what must be some absolute muck that he's having to... Just loves the business, mate. Just loves he the does. Wrestling. Uh, as we all do, I mean, again, yeah. we, can't, we can't say anything about anyone, JP. I mean, I've seen, That's what, true. five shows so far. Uh, my weekend kind of started. I watched a little bit of the Beyond TV show that was uh, on Fight. It came as part of the package I bought. Mm. So I wanted to just test out. I was in work the early Thursday morning, so I only watched like about 40 minutes of it. Caught the uh, Aussie Open Beaver Boys match, which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Aussie Open, I think, are a team that are going to be we're going to be hearing a lot about over this weekend. I think they're making a bit mm. of a name. I mean, they've obviously got a name over in the UK and they've done PWG, but I do think it's a, a shot window this Mania weekend for them. I, as you went doing that Wednesday with the Joe Viewing Starter last night um, with IndieWrestling.tv. It started with, yeah, with IndieWrestling.tv. I have to say, in terms of the stream and the mm. service so far from them, it's been, I think it's been pretty good. Yeah, um, is, it's the former... 
powerbomb.tv isn't it they're now independent wrestling.tv which is a bit of a long url i think they need to buy iw.tv or something like that um, yeah <laughs> and branded that but tell you what i was really impressed as well as a free trial people might have seen my mm. put out a, a calendar of all the events for wrestlemania weekend people can thank uh, christ for that calendar <laughs> people can still use that it's got your uh, your five bucks codes on it jp so hopefully people it has uh, people people take advantage of that but yeah, when I was putting that together, uh, note, noted on there, independentwrestling.tv. If anyone isn't subscribed, you can get 20 days free with code Mania Week. Well worth it. And I think, yeah, you're right. They're, they're doing a, it's quite a professional job so far. Uh, yeah, I thought so. I mean, so that's where I started is I tried the, I got, tried the free trial for um, 20 days. Mm. Uh, so far, it seems to be very good. I've seen that beyond wrestling. Is it uncharted territory they've got? Yeah, it's like a weekly TV of- show, the trial. It looks interesting, so I might dabble into it because if it's anything like sort of MLW Fusion and it's an easy watch, then mm. it might be the kind of thing I can sort of catch while I'm on a bus or something along those lines. But in terms of um, catch this, it on a bus, catch <laughs> it on a bus. <laughs> that's the doing. world. That's the world I live in. Yeah, yeah, because I'm always <laughs> travelling around the place, so a lot of my wrestling happens just like sat going through the Oxfordshire countryside. It's quite <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, uh. But I started off, I kind of leisurely watched the independent wrestling TV family reunion show. Mm, me too. Uh, and uh, it was a very easy watch. Mm. I think that's probably the best thing for it. Although it's, it's not a great look to have like massive rows of empty seats mm. and people arriving halfway through. But that, that's indie wrestling. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the building they're going to be using for. Uh, I mean, I don't like it when you know indies put out rows of empty seats. It just makes things look bad. But it is the venue they're going to be doing all the, doing all the GCW stuff this weekend, mm. so they can't help it. But the, the venue looks great. Uh, it was five p.m. our time, wasn't it? So that would have been what uh, midday uh, New York time. Uh, yep. I can't really get mad uh, if people weren't weren't heading out to it. Um, I think they had a couple of streaming issues, a couple of things like the um, that that annoying woman who keeps coming on advertising yes. things that are going to be later that are going to be later in the weekend, which I understand you want to do, but they kept introducing her and she'd be the, the audio of her would be over the audio of the ring announcer, and it was mm-hmm. very repetitive as well. It was kind of the same video over and over. There was like halfway through the show the put a video on of her saying, uh, thanks for watching, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And I was like, there's definitely three more matches to go. And then they played that video again <laughs> two more times. But the, the stream itself was flawless. Uh, I think I'll let those those teething issues go for a, for a show one. Yeah. And uh, do you say about the building as well, in terms of the building battle between this and really Laboom, isn't it? They're the two mm. sort of um, predominant venues that are being used. This one seems mu- is much better. Mm. I think- oh, definitely, yeah. Looks good, lit, lit up well. Uh, yeah, nice little balcony. Yeah, it looks like a, a place I'd like to be. Um, did you catch the whole of the show? Then did you have any like uh, big highlights from it? Um, so I started. I watched the um, Jonathan Gresham Orange Cassidy. Um, my mate. My mate. Um, and it, you know what? It was. It, he's going to be a bit of an Iron Man of the weekend because oh, I've already yeah. see, seen him twice, and you're thinking, right, mm. he's going to be putting in some really big um, performances over the weekend. But and Orange Cassidy as well. Oh god, yeah. He's been everywhere, hasn't he? He's been everywhere. He, I, it's a very, it's a very indie gimmick, but it's a great gimmick. Oh, it's um, over. It's completely over. So you know why not? He can, mm. he can do it, and he can carry it off because mm. you have these chain wrestling exchanges where he's got his lackadaisical element to it, as, as everyone who would have seen him will will know. Mm. But they made it work. It was comedy. I'm probably going to be sick of this by you know Sunday. 
but at the mo but at that point in time i was like oh this is really quite fun so oh. i enjoyed enjoyed mm. that um yeah. i think i'm going to be sick of comedy by tonight i think it's just there's a lot of it over the weekend isn't it and there's a lot to be honest i was talking to me in hamilton and there's a lot of Aaron, orange Cassidy over this weekend and yeah i enjoy his spots uh and he's over like he on the not skipping ahead but on the wrestlecon show he's one of the most over people on that show uh but there's only yep. so many times you can see those spots is the only thing i'd say but to be honest like as far as like a match goes as him and gresham i think they worked it well i think that it was that it was that perfect co- uh, combo of his daftness and lots of gresham you know trying to earnestly actually win the wrestling match <laughs> but lots of like fun like uh, scientific exchange as well as a couple of yeah. great gifts i thought flying around on twitter a bit surprising they put cassidy over two falls to zero on it on poor gresham but again gresham's got other places to be so i can't uh, can't get too mad at that that's it and do you know what i quite like the uh having the the full system it just felt mm. very different it was like oh okay so it, it, it got my attention if nothing else mm. and, and they're both good enough at what they do and you know excellent enough in what they do to be able to carry it off so it was a really good start mm-hmm. um for a lot of the rest of the card i thought there was there was nothing that was i saw that i thought oh that was really bad it was all it was all okay there was people i was interested in seeing like mm-hmm. i'd heard about caveman ug before do you know in the um I'm trying to think of the name of the company because that was the style of the show, wasn't it? It was like mm. matches from different companies and there was one from Black Label Australia, PWA. Mm, that's right, I, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. I thought that was... Oh, I saw that. That was that was the match where... So we, I think he's announced yeah. us from the third cave from the left. Somebody yeah. else in the match was announced as from the App Store and somebody else yeah. was announced from Coachella. I was like, yeah. my God, that's 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 the most indie wrestling thing I've ever seen. But I did actually didn't realise until I halfway through that they were they were Australians and they weren't uh, they weren't just local wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, I mean, it seems to be the uh, we talk we've talked about it a lot. Hmm. The Australian scene is sort of the one that we're seeing almost like a next wave of Australian wrestlers coming over. Like following on from Aussie Open, you mentioned at the mentioned at the start, um, we've had the velocities over, and it feels like it. So I'm very interested to be able to kind of get an idea of of what is what the kind of talent is that's coming through, and it was it was it was fine. Mm. Uh, you know, I haven't got really anything sort of. There was a few clumsy exchanges, mm. um, but really nothing that was offensive. Uh, perfectly perfectly fine. Tell you what offended me, JP, Frank the Clown being on this show. Oh, he's he uh... shit, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, he actually, he's not that bad as a heel manager, oh. but the fact that that guy is so over to the point that, I mean, obviously he's got, I think he went to a wrestling school. I think he trained to be a wrestler and he became a, a manager instead. Fair enough, but mm. yeah, fans being over to that degree is a, is an interesting development. Uh, yeah. He, he was kind of notable on the show. I thought uh, AC Mack and Fred Yehai was a was a notable singles match that I, that I really enjoyed on the yeah. show as well. Um, just it was kind of, I thought overall, this was a show that just it was a nice way to, to kind of ease you into the weekend. It was five Palak- o'clock. Cleanser. What's that mean? Yeah, Palak Cleanser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Five o'clock. Kind of an easy watch. The proper stuff's coming later. I thought it was really fun. Um, yeah. I suppose we should probably talk as well. I mean, uh, as a show goes, I think the main main notable thing that I hear people raving about before going in was Gary J and Jake Parnell. Uh, <clears> by the last man standing match. Um, I've not seen either of these these guys before. There was lots of talk about you know previous matches they've had and lots of expectation from from people I follow on Twitter. And to be honest, they had a really really good brawl. I, I can't. 
my body wasn't ready for for such a brawl you know using like ring ropes the ring rope mm. uh, buckle as a weapon and all kinds of like crazy spots in there that kind of woke me up a little bit uh that was a bit of a shock to the system for so early in but you know all in all a really good match and probably the, the highlights of the show all in all yeah um it's funny when you mention that because there was a lot about the story of i'm trying to think of which one had had his mouth cut because they put a turnbuckle hook in there and mm-hmm. they, they they worked it into this match as well yeah. i don't i think like you say i don't think i was necessarily ready for it mm. um at that point in time i think i was having dinner at that stage <laughs> and, and then, yeah exactly so i was like oh okay um this is going on it just sort of felt a little bit too early for me but um a lot of the people who've said they've had really good matches before and are very high on them. They're people generally with, with pretty good judgment. So it's, I'd be intrigued to see what else they do this weekend. I'd imagine they're turning up on some more stuff that we'll be watching. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Hopefully we, we see them around, but yeah, this was kind of as a show. I mean, I don't know if anyone else stuck out for you, but it was just a show where mm. it, it stuck out to me. Eric Cannon was on there, you know, indie wrestling. Legend. Oh yeah. He's, he's put over as such as well. Uh, Ethan Page was on there for his first of, I think nine appearances over the weekend. Yeah, uh, it was one of those shows where you know, aside from names like that, it was lots of names that I, I personally wasn't aware of going in, and I think that's kind of a good thing for WrestleMania weekend to get to see names like that and get to see wrestlers you wouldn't normally see, especially the American independent scene, which mm. obviously has been really pillaged over the last few years by predominantly sort of WWE, but also other companies signing people to permanent contracts. So you're watching this really with the the hope that there's going to be this sort of next wave of, of fresh talent that we don't know too much about and then hoping that they'll end up being booked to over to come over to Europe um, as well. Um, but uh, there was someone, it's going to sound really bizarre, do you remember the, the six man that took place in this as well? There was there was like this, there was this really, um, is it Sad Camp? And mm. Brooke Tyson looking at like there, there was this kind of nasty six-way scramble match. There was a guy in it called Cabana Mandan Mm. who for some reason it I, I don't know what it was about him he had this sort of quite bizarre look like a sort of very i don't know regimented haircut sort of it's quite old-fashioned haircut but he was just pulling off some great stuff in that match everything was so slick um and i found myself enjoying um his work in particular but i'll probably never see him again i will have forgotten <laughs> who he is by the end of tomorrow there you go. That's kind of the problem with WrestleMania with, with yeah. so much going on. Um, but yeah, fun show. I mean, would you would you pick out a? Uh, we're going to be going through these quite breezily, but would you pick out a, a highlight match? Maybe something you think people should watch. For me, probably the main event uh, oh. with its brutality is probably the one. Yeah, I'd say the main event simply because there's going to be a lot of other Orange Cassidy stuff going on. So mm. yeah, the main uh, yeah the main event for the brutality, and also they're they're two guys who perhaps not a lot of people are familiar with who need more eyes on them than Orange Cassidy and Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Gary J and Jake Parnell definitely uh, putting themselves out there as far as mm. the shot window goes for Mania weekend. But yeah, that was a fun way to start the weekend. It then went. I had about a forty minute break where I managed to nip the shop and get some. <laughs> Get some supplies, and then I was back uh, on the couch for for Bloodsport. Uh, you didn't see this one live, JP, did you? You watched no. WXW, which we'll talk yep. about in a minute. But yeah, Bloodsport kind of for me set the stall as the show of the weekend so far. Um, I don't know what it is about the style of Bloodsport. I still can't put my finger on it. I mean, obviously, we were in Germany for for Ambition, and you know, we both went to the last Tetsujin show, so it's a a style we're somewhat familiar with now. But there's just something about the Bloodsport presentation of it. Maybe it's the fact that it's not a tournament and it's just 
you know, uh, spectacular, you know, one-off matches that you get. Maybe it's something to do again with that style of maybe lowering expectations of you getting, you know, uh, a, you know ex- essentially a jujitsu exchange between wrestlers in a lot of the matches. And then when big things do happen, they, they, they certainly mean a lot more. But, you know, repeat of last year, really, for me, Blood Sports uh, against the grain sets its stall as, like, the, the perfect way to start the weekend. And, uh, again possibly the uh, the show of the night for this uh, for this day one. Oh, i think it definitely was show of the night um because i was watching wxw you you'd messaged me and had mm. said like the first couple of matches were were fine but a bit messy yeah. Yeah. Which, which which they were and then they were as you basically say it was it seemed to be wrestlers doing um uh brazilian jiu-jitsu exchanges and it was like mm. okay this is this is fine but my God, when it picked up, it oh, picked wow. up in a big way. <laughs> and the crowd was so pumped for this as well. Yeah. And, it, and I think that's the, the unique, that's the wonderful thing about Bloodsport is because it's so different to everything else you're going to be seeing that weekend. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has an aura of specialness about it. I think one of the notes I'd, I'd made about it is it felt like this could be the kind of almost next Janela-esque show that GCW mm-hmm. kind of really are able to mm-hmm. sort of pump as and so it already is. Ticket yeah. prices, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, that's it. Yeah, you can you can do that and make. Hopefully, they're going to do it every Mania weekend. But like Janela, I suppose you could do it more than that, couldn't you? Uh, I know that's what uh, you know. Chris Ridgeway over here said about Tetsuji, mm-hmm. and he'd like to see it as a more dominant style because it can work. I mean, I wouldn't say that <laughs> a lot of the matches here weren't exactly pure UWFI style or a couple of odd mm-hmm. things in some of the matches, but. Some of it comes down to what gets a response because you mentioned those first two matches. You know, it was Dominic Garini and Phil Baroni. Phil Baroni being, he, he was like, uh, he was basically MMA fighter doing his best impression of pro wrestler uh, and just coming off a bit awkward trying to heal the crowd and mm. bump the referee. And it was just all a bit, just it didn't seem to really work. And JR Kratos and Simon Grimm was another kind of match like that. But I think where it really picked up, and this it wasn't great, but David Boy Smith Jr. and Killer Cross, when they. They had like a, a strike battle in their match, and that really got mm. the crowd going. Like uh, they were basically, I was saying on Twitter, two heavyweights. Like it was like every heavyweight UFC fight you've ever seen. Two heavyweights exchanging bombs. The crowd were lit up, absolutely loving it. And then they both were completely exhausted, so they rolled around grappling for the last five minutes, and the crowd <laughs> just sat on their hands. And that's to me, that's a lot of MMA bouts that you watch, especially in those heavyweight divisions. Uh, but I felt like that got the crowd. I think that lesson kind of was learned by the, the wrestlers like Gresham and uh, Takeda kind of they, they followed up and they did the same thing they had a lot of great technical in the match don't get me wrong but again mm. in that one as well the crowd really came alive when they brawled on the floor oh they did uh, Takeda you see the state of Takeda as well mm. was it a week after the Big Japan Deathmatch tournament mm. and, and oh, I love of death matches I did think to myself what is he going to look like when he's 80 <laughs> Like the st- so you're the one who worries about this, JP. That's how we know I you're do. a dad. Yeah, exactly. But saying that, this was, you know, he this was great, and he went mm. absolutely sort of um, toe for toe with uh, with with Gresham again. Oh, and it was oh yeah, he was no slouch on the on the mat, was he? As far as oh, technical God, goes, man. he's obviously he's fought before. Uh, I don't think a lot of people knew that going in. People write him off as a as a deathmatch guy. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. personally, you know, I know the name, but. I was doing a bit of reading up on him, and yeah, he was definitely uh, definitely no slouch in the style and, and kept up with Gresham. And it, also as well, they used the flash finish really mm. well in terms of the knee. Mm. And so he just like, oh, there. And and I think that in and of itself, and because that happened um, 
whenever there were those those kind of finishes throughout the card, it just gave this level of unpredictability mm. and giving things a little bit of an edge mm. that a lot of other shows this weekend aren't really going to have. They're going to be wrestling shows as we know wrestling pretty much to be. And this was just had so much stuff that was completely unique. And this is one of them, isn't it? Mm. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it was just perfect for that for the style and perfect you know just the the fact that you get to see you know a match like this you get to see you know Takeda was bleeding but of course he was because he's probably got so many slits in his forehead at this point mm. he's gone but that kind of added something visceral to it and like you say yeah you know him, him kind of he was grabbing arm bars out of desperation and it turned into a real fight and I love that yeah they, you know they, were, they had a really great you know strike exchange Gresham for his part kept up but mm-hmm. Takeda winning by a flash KO was just absolutely perfect for that yeah so that was kind of for me definitely where where the crowd where the crowd and the, and the show itself picked up yeah yeah what what did you make of uh, Andy Williams and Chris Dickinson that was similar to DVS and Killer Cross for me in that again the the big bombs with them kind of exchanging strikes they kind of had a they, they they kind of took it a little bit away from the shoot style. There was a there was a power bomb in there, which mm-hmm. is very UWFI. Although you know, with enough force, you you, you can do it. Uh, but it was another one again where you get you got a lot of big strikes and 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 kind of that was the bit that people were into. Not so much when they they both got a bit a little bit tired and were uh, were uh, wrestling on the floor. It's like you say, it felt like a, a heavyweight MMA fight for, mm. for what we would see. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it, partly because of Andy Williams's look, which is which oh, is super... people haven't seen him. Like it's a like old school mustache, isn't it? And just like a yep. proper dad look. I don't know how you describe it. Tattooed up, looks like a sailor. He's a uh, yeah. He's something. He, he looks like the real deal, doesn't he? I, I'd personally never seen him before. No, no, no. Well, apparently he's a he's a guitarist in a band a band called Every Time I Die. Um, I've never heard of them before, um, but. <laughs> That's that's who he is. He came out to Sepultura as well, which I was a really good touch. And seems the commentators seem very excited about that. But he's got a real star look about him. If he ever was going to be wanting to wrestle in a few places, just the sheer size of him. Um, and Dickinson seems to be like someone who is. This is a very big weekend for them because I don't know for if it's same thing for you. He kind of gets lost in the evolved shuffle for me and that kind of world that exists away from a lot of other stuff that we see. Um, cause obviously we're not, neither of us are reviewing evolve and that took place, uh, yesterday as well. Mm. But, um, it was a, yeah, it was fine. It was like big lads throwing bombs and then falling down on, uh, and then falling down to the mat for a bit and having a bit of a grapple. Um, mm. good fun. Doesn't yeah. n- never overstate its welcome. No, absolutely not. Uh, Frank Mir and, and Dan Seven was kind of the same in that regard, in that didn't oh. stay overstay it with Alpen because it was pretty terrible. Uh, Dan Seven yeah. looks, looks great for his age, um, but they kind of went to the very, very quick tap out for Frank Mir. Not not a lot, not a lot notable there aside from really his promo after it. That's it. It was. It was. It was. Wasn't very good. I think it's the first time Mears tried to do anything like this, mm. so that's probably the thing that kind of took it down. Um, but he seemed to look like he was loving it at the same time, but it didn't last too long, thank God, because it, no. it really wasn't very good. No, that's it. Yeah, he was uh, after the match cut a promo saying that he wanted to uh, murder Brock Lesnar, throw mm. that to his, uh, his, his, his famous promo about killing uh, Brock Lesnar in the uh, in UFC, and now he wants to do it in a wrestling ring. Uh, the crowd were chanting, "Sign him, Regal." Uh, mm. Regal being uh, up in the up in the stands with uh, with Dean Ambrose and uh, 
everyone's uh, everyone's favorite uh, what is he gymnastics uh, legend uh, uh, canyon seaman uh, they were all, oh yeah uh, uh, yeah they were yeah they were uh, a little bit there were lots of uh, pictures floating about uh, on social media that they were there they kind of looked, i saw people saying they looked like the uh regal looked like the final boss you know like an old school like yeah. mega drive game uh kind of over overseeing um the craziness in attendance but yeah apparently they didn't uh, didn't really react to uh, to frank mir's challenge yeah i i don't see frank mir signing with wwe or nxt have Mm. to say as well i mean maybe they were going to watch it for fun but jesus do do they need more talent do they (laughs) is that the issue is there a bit of a drain for it they haven't got many people to to kind of rely on Mm. but uh yeah good to see that they would go and see this you'd never see anything like this type of show though in wwe won't ever be incorporated in any way That's it. Maybe Ambrose is thinking for when he leaves. You know, this could be this could be something he could be involved with next year if he's leaving. I'll um, be honest. I don't think he's leaving. No. I'd, which, you know, his choice obviously, but mm. you know, he'll be treading uh, his heels soon enough. Definitely, yeah. But do you think the uh, the two last matches on this card kind of maybe could have changed his mind because they were kind of the two a lot of people were talking about uh, Tim Thatcher <laughs> and uh, Adeki Suzuki. Uh, Probably the best representation of the style of the show. Um, there were a lot of bumps earlier earlier in the show that kind of hurt the fact that the finish to this was just a butterfly suplex. Uh, I think if we didn't get the power bombs and the like earlier in the show, that might have had a bit more of a, an impact. But all mm. in all, uh, just a, a beautiful example of the style and similar to what we saw, saw uh, Thatcher do in Germany. That's what I thought. I thought it looked like the Ishikawa match from Ambition. Mm. And I really loved watching that live. Mm. Um, obviously, I wasn't there live, but I, I did really enjoy watching this. Um, it really great. It, it's like you say, it's it's a style that suits Thatcher down to the ground. It's the kind of thing that if you're ever running an event like this, you need to have him in there simply because um, he's able not to fall on sort of wrestling tropes as such he's able to kind of work in almost like an an entirely map based style without having to kind of resort to what you were saying earlier on the show at the kind of pro wrestling aspects Mm. of it and pro wrestling moves um and it's in a way i just kind of find myself sort of lost in it for people who really love this style and love this style more than i more than i do and i really enjoy it Mm. um it's completely down down our our alleyway Definitely, yeah, and it's kind of the the best representation of uh, of Tim Thatcher that you're gonna get. I mean, yeah. this is this is the Tim. I mean, again, I was someone who wasn't a huge Tim Tim Thatcher fan. Uh, you know, even going back to maybe before last year, uh, but getting to see him in WXW in his element, getting to see him, you know, on a night like this doing doing his style, it was it was kind of uh, nice to see him get a, a nice response from the crowd. Bit of respect at the end uh, from Suzuki as well. Uh, it's definitely, yeah. He, he seemed, I mean, he's had an incredible, you know, month or so, but great, great to see him, you know, doing what he loves and, and getting a, a response that I think uh, Paul Thatcher deserves. He does deserve it, but I'm right in thinking, is he, what else is he booked for, for this weekend? Um, well, WXW was head to head, so they, he wasn't there. Yeah. I think he was. He's doing uh, one of the joke shows, isn't he? Where he's doing it. He's wrestling David. David Arquette. Arquette. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is that penis I say, party? I think that's penis party. Yeah. There's a phrase I didn't think we'd say, but yeah. 
<laughs> we come up, but we could be talking about um, Boner Jam Four Balls Out. So <laughs> I haven't saw enough adverts for it. But uh, <laughs> is that the one with the with the Lego Death Match? I and think I so. Say yeah. Lego. Well, again, you know, Ian Hamilton, backbodydrop.com, said that was actually pretty decent as, as a show. Uh, Did he? I don't know if I'm going to get get to oh. it or not, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, penis-related uh, shenanigans this weekend. Yeah, there is, and, and God bless Ian and Arn Furious as well, because they're going to be enduring a lot more of this than what we are. We can <laughs> slightly pick and choose choose our ones, but they do the they do the heroes' work for this weekend. Oh, watching definitely. watching shows that I really am never going to get round to seeing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But yeah, I mean, for blood sport, I suppose uh, the best place to, to finish off was probably mm. again the highlight of the night. I think probably, oh. probably mm, actually up until later on in the night, it was for me the match of the weekend. But again, mm-hmm. uh, Minoru Suzuki and Josh Barnett, uh, Barnett headlining his own show, uh, just like Riddle did back year. So you can't get mad at that. I was a a little bit uh, disappointed they didn't do Josh Barnett and Jay White in a legitimate shoot fight. So, uh, <laughs> To capture the heat of uh, that exchange from the uh, from the commentary uh, desk uh, oh. last year, but that, that, I would have enjoyed that too. But this was great. This was again for me. I mean, there's there's parts of the match where you know it's Minoru Suzuki, so I'm not going to tell him whether it's right or wrong. You know, going for power drivers, grabbing chairs, doing ref bumps. These two made that work with this style. It turned into very much you know a very very pro wrestling match, but it never mm. it never other than maybe some of the chair and ref stuff ever felt hokey or fake. It it felt like a real intense fight and yeah for for a lot of people so far this was the the match of the weekend even if it was maybe eclipsed by by one other one later on in the night for me. Yeah, uh, yes, I, and I don't think it will be the match of the weekend for me by the end of it. Um, I think there's as much the aura and atmosphere that these two create because of the legitimacy that both of them bring across as well. Um, And the fact that when it did go into kind of just the brawling spots and when it was just the strike exchanges, like Mm. the sheer kind of force of Will and the fact that he looked like the crowd were on top of them Mm. while this was going on as well. And it just added so much to it. Mm. It really did, yeah. And the, the crowd were... The fact that, again, it did just turn into what felt like a scrap. You know, yeah. hard hits and, again... Hard you know, old lads having a, having a scrap. Yeah. The, the fact that, like, I mean, they went with the, the five more minutes stuff, but the fact that the bell originally kind of rang as, mm-hmm. as they, they, they kind of exchanging strikes and just walloping each other with elbows and forearms and headbutts and the crowd were, were absolutely loving it. Um, and it kind of, rather than, like... It kind of just rather than leaving it there, they went to the extra five minutes, and I wasn't even sure if that was planned or not. But the crowd wanted it, Minoru mm-hmm. Suzuki wanted it, and we got another five minutes of it. Just intensity this time, ending with the two of them both having a, a leg lock on each other um, yeah. un- until the, uh, the the clock ran out. Just yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, both incredible, you know, uh, showcase of what the style is in its early moments, but then turning into something quite different by the end of it. One of the, probably the most dramatic uh, of the matches for the night. Oh yeah, definitely the most dramatic. And, and certainly the, if you're watching this, this card, this is the, if you're going to watch one match on there, Mm. this is the one that, that really you'd have to go with. Um, And I enjoyed what happened with the time limit stuff. Um, I think because the, the card feels like an exhibition draws in exhibition cards like this can work fine i'm glad they don't do a tournament format because i think sometimes that can create kind of 
I don't know. It it feels like every kind of time I've ever seen a card like this, there's always a, a tournament sort of crowbarred into it. Whereas I prefer to see just sort of one-off matches. And so the fact this went to the draw, the fact that this, it never let up. There was never a point during this match where I thought, oh, okay, this is quite dull. I could tell that there were points where there were breaks, but it, the way that both of them work the submissions and work the locks and are able to kind of manoeuvre out of them. And you add in the kind of hard-hitting strike exchanges into that as well, which were superb. Headbutts, I'll be honest with you, ever since, really ever since Shibata, I'm terrified of seeing those in wrestling. So I'm always looked to seeing how well worked they are. Um, and I've seen a few thrown this weekend. And, I, I, and I'm sort of thinking, okay, as long as nothing goes wrong with those. But yeah, it, a, re, a cracking match. And yeah, great to watch. Definitely, yeah, and I agree with you there. If people were going to pick out one to watch from this show, that would be the one. But to be honest, I'd say watch the whole thing. First two matches aren't great. Yeah. But I think every match has got at least one moment that makes it worth watching. Um, and again, that's what sets Bloodsport blood out as different. It might not be a, a style for everyone, but I don't know. Something about Mania Weekend brings us all together. And yeah, I haven't heard a bad word about this show. So yeah, it's certainly, certainly worth uh, checking out if you've got any spare fight books uh, laying around. Yeah. Would you say, um, just very quickly on, to finish up on this, would you like to see sort of one match like this on some cards that you see around the place? Just one, you know, something that concentrates on this style. Just maybe one, two matches per card. What do you think? Maybe. It depends on the promotion because it kind yeah. of reminds me of, you know, when Ring of Honor had the pure title? Oh, yes. You get, you get the, the one pure title match on the show where the rules of that would fit in with a blood sport idea. It was that you only got three rope breaks, um, and there were a couple of things that it was kind of they went halfway in making it pure wrestling but you know it was something different that, that that you could throw on the cards and every time a match came out the referees had to explain the rules and it wasn't always very popular uh to be honest even for Bloodsport, when the when the announcer was announcing the rules at the start uh, that was getting booed so i don't know if it fits mm. on every show but it's something different you could offer with the right promotion um, I could see it happening, you know, having like okay. a, a pure title division or a, a blood sport division on you know, GCW shows. That's something we don't we talk about GCW once a year or you know when a spring break happens, but or a Joey Janela uh, branded otherwise uh, card happens. But maybe GCW shows regular could have it on, but mm -hmm. maybe it wouldn't be. Maybe it wouldn't be as special then. Um, so there we might we there. might we might see the resurgence of John Walters. Oh God, yeah. You can only hope. I'll be up for that. He was <laughs> last seen in Mexico doing a doing a Trump gimmick. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be up for that for more John Walters. But yeah, you could definitely do it. Um, but yeah, while I was watching Bloodsport, JP, you were watching uh, mm. WXW. I managed at the end of Bloodsport. What I really enjoy about this weekend is that you know rather than being in, you know, I'd enjoy being in New York. But, you know, jumping on trains and buses, trying to get around from arena to arena to, to see these different shows, it does look very stressful. I quite enjoyed the fact that I could just hit a button on Fight TV, and there I was watching the main event of WXW, Bobby Guns and uh, Shigehiro Iriag. Uh, it's pretty cool, modern technology, isn't it? Uh, so I, I got to see that, but uh, you got to see the whole thing. Uh, That's right. Do you, want to, do you want to start there with the main event, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, where else uh, you saw sure on Oh, yeah. Um, I thought... Uh, as an overall thoughts on the cards, I would say that this is something that's that's really uh, well worth well worth watching in terms of just like an orthodox wrestling card. We talked about Bloodsport a second ago. Here's something that is very much pro wrestling, storyline driven, um, good use of video packages. Even if, and this is a big thing that I had an issue with throughout the show, the stream kept on collapsing on me. Like mm. 
it was it was at this point I started to go oh the WWN live thing I know we've spoken about this sort of stuff before but quite often you look at the some of the technical aspects of this card and it isn't really good but the wrestling was great um loved this main event mm. really enjoyed this main event what I mean you, that was the only match of the the card that you saw um I've seen a couple of Irie Guns matches mm. and I've enjoyed them I'm a bit higher on Irie than than what Joe is certainly um but I've I really enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the the way that um Irie is he's able Guns is able to sort of bump around for for mm. Irie in there. Oh and he he did bump like there was that God, uh, he did. Rikishi driver spot where he probably yeah. dropped Bobby Guns right on his head. Like he was oh. just there was some stiff stiff strikes in this one and and bumps And he just for, sat uh, up, didn't he? Oh, and just like, God. like oh, and I was worried at that point when I saw <laughs> that happen. It's like but, no. It was a good test for me, though, because, you know, we go over to Germany now twice a year and I try and fill it with WXW VOD. But, you know, Bobby, this was an opportunity to see Bobby Guns stripped away from the chance. I know people tried mm. to get the uh, the Guns Bobby chance uh, going, but they didn't really uh, pick up with no. too much steam. And you're kind of left with Bobby Guns, the wrestler, which, you know, he's he's fine. He's good. Not a world beater uh, mm. for me, but it's still here. I think he, he delivered something. It was something interesting. I think he... Again, good foil for for Iria, good kind of uh, defense uh, of his title, you know, and being yeah. being the new champion. Uh, I thought it worked for me, although yeah, it did. It, it is a is a different experience watching uh, watching Bobby Guns without that wall of sound. It is, and I think you mentioned about the crowd there. There were times uh, the night that the crowds weren't particularly great and were quite quiet. And here it felt like there were the sort of ice, some isolated chants that had gone on. And also, you got the impression that a lot of people had had left towards the end to go run off to the other shows, um, which I think would have been probably running off to the, to the WrestleCon show. Um, and that somewhat doesn't help. Um, I, I look at what they're doing with Bobby guns here as it kind of feels like, um, like somewhat like traditional Japanese booking in the sense that the first title defense is very much an establishing title defense against someone who has already worked a few times has had a victory over him. So has an, an area of credibility, although not the audience there, a lot of them wouldn't have known any of this stuff, but for WXW viewers like me, that this is stuff that you, you can really pick up on. And so I knew guns was winning. I just sort of thought I just put in some good performances here and mm. Irie has been able to sort of work good matches with a variety of opponent opponents on his tour around Europe and guns is another one of those guys. He won't be over necessarily yet. It'd be interesting because of the post-match stuff, whether or not um, he'll appear at spring break at all. Cause mm, I don't Ginella know coming out there. That was a, that was a good, yeah, moment. that was a good moment. And that's something I'm really interested to see when they do that, to have Janela over in, um, in WXW. I was, I was quite impressed with that. I think there's some great stuff they can do, in Germany for that. And I think, imagine what they could do in terms of a Joey Janela entrance. Oh, God, yeah. Urban Ella. That could be <laughs> great, couldn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially with that, that theme. I kind of, that's what I enjoyed. It was but two of my favourite themes in wrestling, the the Robot Rock and the Kavinsky of Janela. Mm. Um, yeah, I could imagine that. You could make a big scene with that, couldn't you, with those uh, those two big entrances. So uh, that was definitely uh, quite interesting. Oh, Yeah. What else? What what else was a highlight for you from the card? Then JP, I heard a lot of a lot yep. of talk about uh, 
lucky kids and david star um, and a lot of talk about aussie open and the and the work horsemen um at, mm-hmm. at time of recording i've seen kid and star i haven't seen the aussie open open match yet but uh do you agree with uh, the high praise uh, those things have been getting oh uh, yeah i do um for me they were like it, it felt like there were three matches at, that really anchored this card together um, and they were placed really well as well. There were other matches that were placed around them. Um, I'll talk, I suppose, about the Aussie Open um, workhorseman match, uh, JD Drake and Anthony Henry, who I think, again, I want to say, had I seen them on Evolve? I don't know. Maybe that's the case. Everyone's in Evolve at some point or another. It seems to be a rites of passage. But I watched this thinking, okay, um, I haven't seen the Aussie Open uh, uh, Swords of Essex match from Progress. My last sort of live memory of of seeing Aussie Open was a was at your call in that match with CCK. So I'm really willing them to have some really great matches because I don't think they've they've kind of had whether it's it's the luck at the moment to have that kind of re, a couple of killer matches to establish their reputation outside of um, the UK and European scene. Mm-hmm. And this was. It's actually started off with Mark. It it seemed to be or it was like intimated that Mark Davis had forgotten the belts. He hadn't, by the way. I think it was someone in the office just hadn't brought the belts over. (laughs) That was weird because they they cut that promo, didn't they, before? Like the obvious pre-tape promo. I saw that where they, they actually had the belts and then they came out without them. That was it. And and that was uh and that was problematic. And the stream started to go really badly at the start of this for me. So I was like, oh, not again. Because there were other matches that I'd, I'd missed a bit out of. But it got really good, um, especially sort of last five minutes in particular, which is you know, obviously a very sort of common thread throughout it. Although they'd had some really good exchanges throughout it, particularly um, Drake and Davis had a few big man exchanges. Um, and Drake is... He, He's hefty, but my God, he moves. Really could move around the ring. And they look so mismatched, him and Anthony Henry. And Anthony Henry has kind of got got the physique. And he's obviously sort of a lot a lot more smaller, but a lot more agile as well. But they really clicked. Um, the, some of the double teams uh, were, were fantastic as well. It made me think seeing work horsemen. And I may say tag league, whether or not that's a stretch to necessarily have them in that, certainly would love to see them in Europe. And if it's a you know, to kind of build their name up because they're a tag team who have uh, a lot going for them. Um, even if the look itself isn't something that's necessarily sorted out, but um, they were kick pads now, you know, Davis is invested. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say the look that now that um, Aussie open have with Aussie open have with Schadenfreude, that's the look that, um, that really works for them. And um, they were able to get in all their great double team spots. So mm. fantastic stuff. Yeah, there you go. That's all you can really ask for. Uh, yeah, desperate to see that match myself. Uh, again, Workhorseman, uh, the fake James Drake here, uh, that team. Is, yeah. Uh, they're a team I've seen every now and then on Evolve, but I was quite surprised when, when this match got such rave reviews. Um, I don't want to say it was all Aussie Open, but that's kind of my expectation. Uh, but interested to see it. Uh, mm. But yeah, that was kind of the big news story coming out. And yeah, as we mentioned, Lucky Kid and David Starr and that promo, which I'm absolutely going to be tagging to the end of this episode. Yes, uh, I did manage to see that, even if I did watch oh. the promo while I was in the shower. Uh, yeah, that that was fantastic. Like David Starr, as far as indies go, I mean, I want to say Will Osprey is the best in the world, but David Starr is not far off. As far as I mean, Osprey's got a got a New Japan contract, so I suppose if you narrow it down to non-contracted guys. David Starr's the best. Yeah, he is. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I was th- I, I'm thinking a lot about this today. It's, it's a really interesting position he's got himself into because he feels like he is, whether you whether you like him or whether or not you hate him, the character mm-hmm. he has is very much the standard bearer of the independence. And mm-hmm. it can rub some people up the wrong way. I, on the other hand, happen to agree with it and love it. There are some people who aren't perhaps fully aware of him and think, oh, he's just doing this for attention. It's like David Starr has not been shy with his political viewpoints or being outspoken <laughs> no. at, for for such a long time. So that's that's not the case. He's not like someone, oh, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and decide to be a bit edgy. It's like, no, this is the shit he says all the time. And if you ask him about it as well, he, he doesn't... Um, he doesn't hide any of his stuff, and God bless him, because I have to say, uh, you know, I've had some good political chats with him myself, and his dad. At, um, <laughs> and his dad? Carat. Yeah, he was there at 16 Carat, Bill's really yeah. good, really good bloke. Yeah, <laughs> and I, as you know, I love what America. What did you chat about? What did you America. chat about? I'd like to know. Oh, American politics. I was asking his top three uh, Democratic candidates who would be there, and a bit of talk about uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. We're both believers in progressive politics. That's what we do, Benno. <laughs> wrestling stuff and it's talk and then talking with his uh and also because him and his dad are from um pennsylvania they're not that far from where my sister's from so i end up talking about when going over there yeah it's great great stuff good <laughs> politics nice lad yeah do you think that, like do you think like, i mean the other thing about david Starr, the, the the grief i've seen him get i mean a lot of it's ridiculous a lot of it's just based on people yeah you know, have butted heads with him on Twitter or like getting way too involved in his personal life. I don't put mm. any stock in that stuff. But I do th- one thing I've heard people say is, you know, when he does the CM Punk thing where he's kind of, you know, talking truth to power, when you're a heel, is that the best thing to do? Like in this promo, he was kind of, I think he, he managed it well. He was shutting the crowd down when they were trying to cheer him. And he was blaming, you know, the crowd for letting WWE co-op the indies. And he, mm. and he still made himself a heel in that way. Um, so I mean I kind of get that criticism of him but to be honest it's 2019 it doesn't I'm not huge on hard lines for faces and heels for me it's whether you can emotionally invest me and you know whether again he's talking about the uh, the Israeli government or he's talking about mm-hmm. Sinclair or he's talking about WWE and the and the John Oliver stuff there's yeah. something visceral again he's got that CM Punk quality that gets me into what David Starr's talking about whether I agree or disagree with him that's all that really matters at the end of the day, isn't it? I do, do you know what? Yeah, that is what matters. And I think the thing that has always worked with characters in wrestling is the ones who, who are true to themselves, whether or not they are heel or face in the kind of exaggerated format. The character themselves is, is not betraying themselves. They, they, they react and they act in a way that you would expect them to behave and, and almost, and it fits that character. And I think what he has... In terms of the stuff he said, it's hard to get away that all of this wrestling that we're seeing over the weekend is existing in this one place because of WWE mm. having having WrestleMania there for the weekend. That's why they're in New York. Um, and I kind of think when he says that stuff, it's 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 hard not to agree that how many of those fans that are there are going to be going either to NXT or um, Mania itself or Raw or SmackDown or whatever God else they have on in New York that week as well. That is kind of why they're there. And he's able to play off that. And the John Oliver stuff kind of is manna from heaven for him because the idea of the independent country... And me, oh, I'm a massive John Oliver fan. <laughs> That's why I say the boy. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, 
a massive John Oliver fan. And I'm sorry, I don't want to sidetrack it by talking about it other than say, if you haven't seen it, see it. Um, don't focus in on a lame joke as, as, as a reason to forget about all the other myriad of very pertinent points, particularly the stuff about independent contractors. And David Starr is the ultimate in independent contractors. Um, he said it himself. He isn't someone who particularly holds an interest in signing a contract with a company. I could see him selecting to do a few dates, but the impression you get is this is someone who wants to work for himself because that's what he loves doing. Mm. And yeah, there is the possibility of more money if he goes to sign elsewhere. But, you know, at that point, then it sort of, I don't think he'd see it as perhaps being true to himself or true to what his character is. Mm. Um, it's hard to ever predict these things with wrestling, but I think he's really on to a great thing here because this is, this is hot and he can play off stuff from real life here mm. and stuff that's very, very present and stuff that's going to be debated. Mm. One thing we're going to get here though, is that apparently after cutting that promo and quitting WXW, Mm-hmm. He was st- he was still uh, out in the hallways flogging his merch. I was like, "Come on, good lad, leave the building." Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> leave the building at least. Go over to like the WrestleCon building or something and flog it there. Uh, minor okay. complaint though. Uh, yeah. But you no, know, great angle, great match as well. Lucky kid. Yes. Uh, looking good, you know, in his his post carrot win. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was important that he got a, a clean win here. I love the. The irony of him making David Starr tap out. I love the kind of the slow progression of of heel David Starr coming out. But yeah, shouldn't be lost uh, in the conversation uh, how good lucky kid he was as well. Oh God, that, I'm so happy that he's getting the kind of breaks as well. And did you know uh, from this match as well, the crowd were a lot more reactive, and it was partly because they'd had a good promo package on the one of the the video screens they had there. Which was it played into the fact that obviously it eats up David Starr that Lucky Kid won sixteen carat by taking out Ring Camp and making Walter tap out and get acknowledged for it, whereas his tap out doesn't get acknowledged at all. And it so it play like it plays well into it. But Lucky Kid is so likable and, and he was he came in doing what would be we'd imagine sort of older Lucky Kids sort of being quite eccentric and doing the the blah 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 stuff. And here, though, it's just his work in the ring. He, he manages to cross between sort of really good mat work with... I love his cross-face finisher and the fact he can he can pull that out of anywhere. Mm. Works out so well. And the fact he, he did a, um, a really sick 450. I think he ended up with, like, his knees going into Star's chest. And it was, you know, he veers between all of these things, but he's so smooth and, mm. you know... In the UK, he he is someone who is getting on a lot more dates. It's helped that obviously he's he's big friends with Chris Brooks and he's part of of Schadenfreude as well. But um, yeah, he's great, and I'm glad that the audience that was there seemed to really respond well to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other highlights for you from this show? Then uh, anything else you'd uh, be telling people that they should be checking out? Um, they're really the main three that I would say. Um, absolute Andy Chris Brooks was perfectly was was quite fun um surprise victory i wasn't expecting brooks to win um but it but it kind of worked and it it, is, it just suggested to me that brooks's future in wxw is going to be sort of more at, at the sort of top end of the card rather than someone who's going to come in for the odd date or two um uh which was which was good but it was also at that point i think um andy was playing sort of great veteran dad as he does all the time. Um, he's, he's superb. His comedic timing is just, is really, really good. But I mean, as a match, yeah, 
it was fine. I think the the other two matches I saw, there was a, a decent Marius Alani, Emil Satochi match. Wouldn't really necessarily surprise you to say it's it's Alani just it's the difficult with him connecting with the crowd. That's mm. the thing that, that that kind of holds him back. Uh, Emil Satochi doing the sort of goth Gary Neville gimmick. Uh, <laughs> in, interesting. Um, and, and he's now the shotgun champion as well, which was like, oh, okay. So that's happened as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, other than that, uh, the, the other stuff is is perfectly fine. I, I only caught the second half of Darby Allen versus Avalanche, which was, which was good. I've seen better necessarily from Darby. I wasn't trying to kill himself inexplicably, which was a pleasant surprise. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Avalanche, Avalanche, you know, won and they presented it as a WXW show. Certainly. Mm. That's important, isn't it? If, uh, yeah. Again, from the bits I saw, it felt very WXW. There's a DDT show I'm going to mention briefly in a bit that felt very DDT. I think that's what you want to do. You want to go out yeah. to Mania weekend and you want to present your product. I didn't think the commentary was great, uh, but it was WXW commentary, so I'll take that. WXW ring announcer, mm. WXW referee. When we come to talk about Rev Pro tomorrow, uh, I think we're going to be missing some some elements of a proper I... Rev Pro presentation. But they've done. Yeah. They've added a couple of matches that make that a bit more interesting. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what you want to do. Again, it, it it's a, it's an opportunity for for new fans to see it and for you to make new fans. So yeah, hopefully uh, WXW have, uh, have done that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, then uh, midnight came. Uh, I put on the as did you put on the, the WrestleCon Super Show. Oh yeah. Waited half an hour for apparently for an ambulance to arrive. Uh, the Athletic Commission apparently <laughs> demanded there be an ambulance on site, so. They really delayed it. There was a couple of problems with the stream, and then Road Warrior Animal and his shoulder pads and also tracksuit bottoms came out, and then Ric Flair <laughs> came out and started crying about Charlotte Flair on having uh, the Mania main event on Sunday. A bizarre time-wasting scene, um, a bit of stalling. Uh, they kind of killed a little bit of my enthusiasm for the show. There were some other issues through the night, more technical issues, uh, a long intermission. Which wasn't needed. Uh, oh. I feel like on Mania weekend, it is WrestleCon, so there's merch to shift. So I get it, but it's hard from a lot. La- you know, me being a spoiled live streamer, it is a it's a bit annoying when there's you know a half an hour intermission in the middle of the show. Although, yeah. as I'll mention in a minute, I made yeah exactly. I made good use of that though. I'll, I'll mention that in a minute. But yeah, little bit, little bit stop and start this show. I enjoyed it, and there were there were good moments, but. Again, the stream had some issues and a couple of the, the key matches here, you know, towards the end of the show. I mean, I was really, really looking forward to both the main events of Osprey and Bandido, mm-hmm. uh, but I was looking forward to Sabre and Shane Strickland and Dragon mm-hmm. Lee and Cavanaro, and those two matches had te- difficulties, at least for me. Yeah. Um, so that kind of hurt a little bit. Just a, I suppose, a, a weird mixed bag of a show for me. I don't know if it went, uh, it breezed past any easier for you catching uh, at least the second half on the OD. Yeah, it was easier to catch. I think it was that pre-show style, just waiting for the ambulance. And they called it a pre-show. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what time's this ending? And then all the stuff, the ambulance was there as well. Um, yeah, I got two matches in and then I I nodded off. And so it was, e- it was easier to get through the other stuff, um, basically sort of uh, this afternoon um, to catch up on it. So it feels very fresh in the mind. I looked at it as as what it is is it's almost like, and it's because of of what it's become from sort of the WrestleCon Super Show to a um, the Mark Hitchcock Memorial. So it's kind of almost like a, an expression of sort of a love, a very different 
you know, different companies and different styles of wrestlings and unique matches that they put together. A lot more of the sort of variety show aspect that live is a card that you would think, oh, this is a great card to go and see. But perhaps there's aspects of it that is absolutely fine, but on the VOD isn't necessarily going to travel over. Um, but I would say as a, as a card overall, I really enjoyed it. Also going to say as well, just seeing Kevin Kelly and Excalibur on commentary, was all with their hair letting their letting their hair down. I enjoy hearing well, both of them. Still, twenty times better than any of the other comments yes. I've heard this week. I mean, I tell you what, JP, we complain about Brit Res commentary, but I always forget every oh. WrestleMania weekend just how bad US indie commentary can be. Oh. Uh, these were a couple that... of professionals, which are really appreciated. Yeah, exactly, and they're really good at being able to just sort of get. It's because they're so relaxed, and they're not necessarily talking too much about themselves it, it, fundamentally it's getting over the storylines the background you know there are times where just Excalibur calls moves mm. and it's lovely to hear it it's just like the name of a move mm. and then transitions into something else and you're like that's really nice it feels <laughs> lovely and refreshing it isn't shouting you can hear the crowd it's not overbearing and they're able to kind of transition in and out of that and Kevin Kelly I mean having met him once he's like he's a really nice guy he, he is what you imagine him to be, which is a really nice, friendly guy. And he seems very, very easy to get on with. And I think it works here. It's a very sort of easygoing um, partnership they have. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I prefer to see Excalibur doing the New Japan commentary, I think, which I think he is, on, um, on Saturday than Don Callis, mm. truth be told. I'd be, I'd be much happier hearing him, hearing him there. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he, he's the man for the job. Um, but I guess we'll see with his uh, AEW connections now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing you mentioned there that we probably shouldn't get let, get, get lost. Um, mm. It was a, the March Hitchcock uh, Memorial Show. Uh, Joe, who usually does our spotlight shows with him, did no mark. And uh, mm. mentioned at the time that he died when we recorded on Indie Corner, you know, about him and some memories of him. It was really nice. Nice, wasn't it, at the start of the show, although they were, you know, killing a bit of time when they we managed to, you know, have some re- really nice video. They had his family of the ring as well. Um, I yeah. It was a really nice touch and really, you know, he's not a name that publicly people would know. So they could have got away with, you know, maybe not going this far but naming the show after him and as joe has, has said you know a, a show and a, and a company that that means so much to that meant so much yeah. to him uh really classy move uh to do so I did, you ever, meet, the show. did you ever meet him no no i mean he, he ran in a lot of the same circles of some of mm. that and joe's mutual friends but unfortunately yeah, i never had the pleasure but yeah it did sound like a, everyone who has met him um had a lot of good things to say yeah got to meet him once at a progress show he was over with his um uh, uh uh, another friend of, of his and Joe's, uh, Jacob, and they were off doing sort of a week of shows in the UK. It's a really lovely bloke. Um, yeah. Big, big wrestling fan, really knew his stuff, big PWG fan. Um, yeah, uh, it, a tragic loss, but it's it, it's the the way that they make sure to sort of remember his memory with, with real class and dignity. And so it felt like a really nice sort of start to the show. Yeah, definitely. Really nice. Um, just so JP, what were your, your highlights of this one? I think, I mean, I'm desperate to talk about it, so I'm going straight to oh, it. The main event was the highlight for me. Uh, Will Ospreay and Bandido. Uh, this was, again, I mentioned earlier that uh, that Minoru Suzuki and Josh Barnett might have had my match of the weekend so far if it wasn't for something, and it was this. Uh, mm. It was everything I wanted it to be. It, it didn't, I'm not calling it a five star match by any means, but 
it was a perfect example of the style uh, that both of these men do. Osprey right to it from the bell. Oh, that was um, so good. That flurry of offense. You know, rather slow build can work sometimes, but a dream match like this, I love that going straight to it, hitting the the Spanish fly, the space fly, and tiger drop, and then from, and then uh, Bandido coming back and essentially doing the, the same combination to him, but just in his own versions. Just great, great back and forth. They mm. brought out all all the big guns. It took. All kinds for Osprey to eventually beat Bandido. He seems to be a huge fan of Bandido himself from the mm. the promo afterwards. This thing was again, it's everything you can imagine in your head a match between these two would be. Um you know, maybe yeah. maybe a off WrestleMania weekend, you, they might have gone even further. Uh but as far as WrestleMania weekend matches go, this was the uh, out of the, the very top draw for me. Oh yeah. I if I was Ring of Honor, this is a match I'll be trying to get um, on one of their shows to be able to have a rematch of that again because um, I love this. Mm. This was this was superb. Like you say, from that bit at the start where they just sort of where um, Osprey went hell for leather um, to Bandida responding to it to Bandida doing a one-handed press slam into the power bomb. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, it, I don't know if you got the impression, and it's going to sound ra- rather crazy, but it was like Osprey has kind of managed to work into a, a slightly more tempered style, but mm. without losing anything that makes him unique. And that's that's really good to see. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, loved it. And the fact that, um, what was it he, he hit the, um, uh, before the Stormbreaker? He sort of hit... Um, the Oscars there. Hit the Ozcutter and then he kicks out and straight into the Ozcutter. It, it just sort of had real pace and tempo. And like you say, it didn't have a drawn out beginning, which is going to become, you know, a theme probably of the weekend. And we're going to get quite used to sort of 10 minutes of a feeling out process. But <laughs> nah, none of us here. They were just balls to the wall. Great yeah. stuff. That's what I loved about it. And that's what. That's why, I, you know, at the start I said this show was a mixed bag because that was like the high end, the, inc- yes. you know, the incredible, perfectly timed, perfectly paced for me match for this weekend. Pentagon and Phoenix did a similar job. They were like the second match on the cards. Mm-hmm. They did 10 minutes of spots because they were both off to work two more matches that same night. <laughs> uh, they were supposed to be Great doing a couple uh, of lads, aren't they? They're the best. They were supposed to be doing a tag team invitational match, and I think that some people were unreasonably expecting the young bucks to come out, but instead they wrestled oh. each other, which is fine by me. Uh, yeah. You know, you're always going to get like a, at least a four star match between these two, similar to again, similar to Osprey and Bandino. Lots of crazy spots. There was a back back body drop into a, pe- a power bomb that uh, yep. the Pentagon did at one point. Uh, just. Absolutely Phoenix running along the ropes and kicking him oh, in the face. Yeah, yes. Perfect. Again, they've got other places to be. We've got other things to watch. That's what you want on a WrestleMania weekend. You want these sub ten minute awesome matches. That's that's all I want out of uh, this big weekender. Yeah, exactly. Um, perfectly happy to see. So we're going to see them loads over the weekend. Um, one of the things that the other cards aren't going to be offering is Phoenix versus Penta. And actually, mm. I think what, I, what I like about Phoenix versus Penta is. The result, you know, Phoenix won and, you know, wasn't necessarily expecting that. And I really enjoyed that. Mm, you know, yeah. it, there is an element of doubt there because it's not like they don't want to put the other one over, do they? They don't no. seem that bothered about that. <laughs> That's it. I mean, Pentagon's obviously the, the biggest star of the Williams two. Sisters. It's like yeah. the Williams really going for it. It's like, oh, yeah, but we never really got that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. Pentagon's obviously the biggest star of the two, but I think it's the right thing to put Phoenix yeah. over because I don't know how at this point he's still underrated, but he still feels underrated as a guy. Oh. Was one of, was one of the better wrestlers in the world. We were raving about him after Carrot. Uh, yeah, nice to see him, him give us a, put his brother over. Uh, no politics there, um, but exactly what you wanted. Thought that was great. I thought uh, there was a Robbie Eagles, Fulmita, mm. Ares match, which again, nutty spots. Ares attempt trying to kill himself on that nasty-looking step-up Spanish fly and that nasty-looking dive to the outside. You talk about trying to make a mm. name for yourself on WrestleMania weekend. He certainly tried. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, that kind of... Uh, when I saw that today, I was like, oh, my God. I, it, <laughs> it was It was scary. Um, mm. I like Robbie Eagles. Um, mm. He's someone I'd like to see a bit more of. I know he his kind of appearances in New Japan are quite quite sporadic. Um, Flamita, uh, good, but has sort of stalled where Bandido has has mm. gone on, hasn't he? Mm. At, at this stage, but again, they're gonna he's gonna be all over the place this weekend. Mm. Yeah, definitely You're gonna see a lot more of him. Um, but yeah, I thought that was fun. I th- again, I think they were the positives of the show. I think the negatives were. It was cool to see Jushin Liger, X-Pac, and Hurricane team up. Uh, I thought yeah. the, the Revolt team did a good job of, of healing. Caleb Conley, Jake Manning, Zane Riley did a, a solid job, but went far too long. I thought yeah. the, the six-man with... I was ready to go to bed, JP. It was getting towards four in the morning. Uh, and so Carl and Sensor come out and cut a promo. And I was just like, oh, for God's sake. And then they took about <laughs> 40 minutes. I enjoyed... Again, we mentioned Orange Cassidy earlier. I enjoy his comedy. Seen it for the second time in the night. It was mm. a bit like, okay, come on, lads, let's go home. This could be done in five, ten minutes. I think for me, that was very much the negative of the show, that there were a couple of matches like that that, that went a bit too long. It was too long. It was easier for me to watch today. And again, it was just kind of, having seen Orange Cassidy the day before, I've had a bit of an Orange Cassidy break to then get into this. And, you know, SCU, it's, it's lovely to see them having this kind of big run um, at a point when no one was really expecting it, certainly from Daniels and Kazarian. Mm. Um, but for you, I can completely understand what you're thinking, how oh, long this is going on for. All the kind of Scott Hall stuff, which was... Yeah. I couldn't God, Trent Bar- Beretta is, looks jacked, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't looks mind that like stuff. Scott Hall in like 1990 as the diamond stud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. He's, he's going, yeah, he's going for Scott Hall ninety six. But yeah, I think that might be a bit more, uh, bit more accurate. Yeah, I don't mind that stuff. It was just, I'm just not an SCU fan. I think at the end of the day, I'm not a fan of long matches on Mania Weekend. I, I don't see anything in Scorpio Sky. I enjoyed Kazarian and Daniels when they were a comedy team in Impact. Um, but they've got the catchphrase over on being the elite. So yeah, they get this creative license, don't they? So I can't get too mad at it. I don't mind them as much as as you do but that's i don't often really i I see them predominantly on being the elite and it's sort Mm. of perfectly fine like you say they've gotten over on that yeah exactly not everything in wrestling has to be for me i know i can understand i can take that Um, but at that time of the morning that's that's hard hard bloody work (laughs) any thoughts on the rest of the card i suppose the other two big matches dragon lee and cavanero and and shane strickland oh i didn't see him oh uh, cavanero dragon lee like I didn't see um when I went back to it most still of it still not working on the stream. Yeah, most of it wasn't oh. wasn't working, wasn't up there. Um yeah. the fact that they all threw money in at the end would suggest that it must have been decent. <laughs> That's I was, was getting so annoyed. 
So I was, I was like, sat for fuck's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> I was sat there in the early hours trying to refresh my stream and get it going, and you're right, I turned it back on to apparently a great match just happened, yeah, yeah. based on on the money of the ring. That's a bit of a shame. Uh, I suppose yeah. any other highlights then from what you could you could watch from the uh, the VOD that's been thrown? Uh, I'd like to say about Strickland Saber. Um, I that one seemed uh, to work. I thought it was it was, it was very good. Um, thought it was. Re- I did enjoy it. Um, I think you know this is Strickland's last kind of big weekend before he reports to Orlando, isn't it? Basically, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that that was perfectly fine. Uh, there was that weird match as well with Puma King. Was it Samantha Heights, DJ Z, and Tajiri as the team together versus Sammy Guevara <laughs> and LAX, which was you know per- fine, very silly. I think the fact that LAX would just uh, particularly Ortiz was happy to work with Tajiri who ended up spraying him in the face um, mm. and getting the victory. Uh, the other stuff, it was fine. It was, it was there. It was one thing I did think was strange having Tass Young and Chris Roberts sort of all over this show. Yeah, that was point. weird, wasn't it? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. They're doing refereeing here. Well, Roberts owned the stand because he's part of, you know, the, the Rev Pro show is part of WrestleCon. But WXW is is a whole separate thing, isn't it? So yeah, yeah Taz, Taz has come across town specifically for this booking. Maybe another referee let them down or something. But yeah, I did think that was a bit odd when I just out of the corner of my eye I saw a WXW ref uniform. Yeah, exactly. It's a good ref uniform they have as well. It's <laughs> it's it's top quality stuff. Yeah, one thing I did enjoy. I mean, it wasn't strictly this show, but like I said, I was bemoaning the, the half an hour intermission but it gave i was pointing the night where i was taking advantage of uh, my, the home theater i've got i've got a big projector screen people might have seen i on saw Twitter. the image yeah. i was split screening it with ddt at the same time trying to watch both it didn't really work it's hard i don't know how these are uh, when they do match of the day i think that's how they get ready for it the uh, the match of the day pundits they've got like eight matches on the go at once yeah uh, i can't do that i haven't got the uh, the attention span but the fact that i did do that gave me the chance to when the intermission came, put DDT on properly. And I only saw, I mean, I heard rave reviews about the DDT show, but the intermission was perfectly timed for the Weapon Rumble match. And <laughs> I can't tell you anything about the rest of the show. I'm not a regular DDT watcher. This was uh, Sanshiro Takagi against Mao. Absolutely incredible. I've heard of the, the concept before. It's essentially you get your Rumble countdown and then somebody comes out with a weapon. So the countdown is for the weapons in the match. <laughs> One of the weapons was Hulk Hogan, who got booed out the building. Uh, obviously, <laughs> not, not being the real Hulk Hogan, uh, but yeah, uh, somebody oh. dressed up as him. There was a uh, Chinsuke Nakamura. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the gifts. Of yeah, that. did they have the lad like, dressed up as Nakamura? Yeah. Oh my god, he's he so there. convincing. Like I'm, oh, I was awesome sure there were people in that crowd that thought, "Is it him?" his mannerisms are perfect the way oh. he moves is perfect they were two examples of the weapons that came in as well as storage boxes uh, a bike <laughs> that got introduced at one point that uh, was getting ridden around the ring I'll tell you what as far as like a something to do during intermission i really enjoyed it and i've had so many rave reviews about this ddt show that i almost i enjoyed wrestlecon but i almost wish i watched the, this instead um I plan on going back and watching this because I do mm. feel like a wave of guilt that I don't watch enough DDT or stardom for that matter, just to kind of really kind of get a grip of where it is at the moment. And is it basically for me um, from what you're saying in that match and from the stuff that I've seen quite ice, which is tends to be the really wacky stuff. So, Oh, there was a match that involved Minoru Suzuki in an empty Tokyo dome. I've seen two of those monorail wrestling things they do <laughs> where they drive around. Of course you have. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's me. <laughs> um, 
and I've I've enjoyed those what they are. So the idea of watching this is something that I can really get on board with. Um, and it sounds like it kept you awake at a time where you really could have been flagging. Oh, and easy there. Oh, was there a big crowd? Um, it looks like a. a it, it was hard to tell from the VOD, but it was a lively crowd. The crowd were really into it. Oh, okay. You might, you might not have expected that. Um, again, it being a, a promotion that's maybe not uh, not entirely known in the West. But yeah, it was a very lively crowd, I would say, at least. Uh, hard to say how busy it was. But yeah, really fun, to be honest. And yeah, I think uh, this is one. It's hard, isn't it? Once, once the night goes by, I've got... I've got designs on watching that Impact mm-hmm. show. Hopefully, I'll talk about it tomorrow because I do kind of still want to see that. It starts at four in the morning, JP. I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. Four in the morning was enough for me. I crashed out at that point, which is probably uh, still an insane time to go to bed. But a relative didn't want to watch. Was me. it Sabu and Rob Van Dam? Against I don't Pentagon know and Phoenix. I've got to see that, JP. Come oh, on. Oh, Pentagon and uh, Phoenix versus RVD and Sabu. Yep. Oh, from Bootle to Brooklyn. That's pretty. <laughs> That's a hell of a run, isn't it? Uh, it really is. Oh, if yeah. only I've Tiny got... Iron could do the same trip himself. <laughs> That's it. I want to see uh, Tiny Iron and uh, Tokyo Joe get those bookings. But yeah, that it looks like a great show. The Impact Show. There was a uh, awesome. Do you see the Ace Austin spot where he kind of yes. jumped off the uh... off the Ultimate X? Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's, that looked crazy. I'm yeah. definitely going to watch that, but I suppose uh, you know, as we as we kind of wrap up, and these these shows will be shorter than our normal three hour epics. The fact that we're going to be doing uh, quite a few over the weekend, but to, to wrap up, uh, do you have any regrets about what you didn't watch on the night, or have you got anything you're you're looking to catch up from the VOD uh, impact aside? I think, like you say, Impact and DDT are the two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even Boner Jam Four. I don't think I'm ever going to get round to seeing. <laughs> I don't quite see how the Look, Ian Hamilton said it's good, so you know, blame Ian Hamilton. Blame Bat Bo- Body Drop Box. I mean, he does God's work when it comes to this stuff, but like, I think that's a stretch too far for me. Um, <laughs> it's more about being able to watch from today. So we're sort of, as we record this, we're not mm. seeing. Was it WrestleCon US versus the World? I think. Yeah, yeah, that's happening time. right now. Yeah, there is. We're we're kind of waiting really for in Rev Pro. Um, mm. Although I think we're both in other ways going to try and take a, a non-wrestling break at some point yours it's a bit more painful for you but it's liverpool oh, yeah. southampton tonight which going around, yeah, going around, that's a massive yeah. game for him uh, i'm going around to my mate matthew's uh, house that we mentioned earlier and yeah they're, Red, they're all liverpool supporters so i'm going to be forced to watch that but then again i've got uh, i've got more amy fancy football team so i'll be into it but maybe i'll be sat in the garden uh, watching rev pro on a tablet um or you know, potentially the WWN Super Show, that's tonight as well. I mean, mm. what is, what's your path tonight? I think I'll try and watch either of those. I think I'll catch up with WrestleCon US versus the world. Definitely going to be watching TakeOver. Still yep. annoyed that Janela's Spring Break's happening at the same time as TakeOver. Um, mm. Well, you know, an hour into TakeOver, maybe I'll catch the end of that um, after TakeOver. Uh, have you got a different path or is that uh, similar to what you're going to be trying to no. do? That's very similar as well. Um, Rev Pro takeover um, spring break tomorrow morning. Um, depending if there's anything else from the Super Show, because I enjoyed that last year. Um, whether or not there's anything from that that's that's worth seeing, it's at that point, you know. But they're the they're the cards. I mean, there's no way we can get through the week. I mean, the takeover card itself looks like it should be a great show. Um, there's some matches on there that I'm really interested in. Uh, interested to see if they go sort of in a, in a different way. Spring break, obviously, for a different reason because <laughs> it's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, 
And then I'm also hoping, fingers crossed, that we have a bit of a special surprise on tomorrow's show. Don't want to say more because no doubt it will go wrong if that's the case. <laughs> but yeah. It, yeah. Don't think, want to promise too much. No. Well, in, in our case, it's best to just promise nothing and then just give unexpectedly. Yeah. <laughs> expect, well, expect the worst with us listeners and you'll always okay. be pleasantly surprised when you're not getting that. A good motto uh, to yeah. your life and uh, yeah, to, to follow with us. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, really. JP, uh, anything else you want to mention or anything you want to plug? I suppose we should probably do the right thing and plug backbodydrop.com, plug yes. uh, reviews.com for your interviews. Larry yeah. Zonka's doing good stuff on 411. Uh, John and Way on Poster doing uh, podcasts uh, from the live experience mm. there on the, the pre- through their uh, Patreon. Um, plenty of uh, content to check out uh, that people can, uh, can go and find. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're at the point where it's you know you're you're wanting to know about which bits to pick and choose from, you don't obviously have to take our word from it. We we are blessed to have some sort of seriously hardcore uh, reviewers around the place. Arn Furious's schedule is is terrifying for mm. for what he's going to over the weekend, but it's worth um, obviously re- reading what he does and, and Ian Hamilton and Larry Zonka as well, um, as well as John and Way. Uh, it's yeah, there's so much out there. It's it. It's fascinating to know where tonight goes because mm. I think, you know, there's two big cards that I'm, you know, sort of really looking forward to. For me, it's the um, uh, takeover and to see what happens with the G1 supercard. You know, it's strange not to have Mania in there as much. But so we have part one of that tonight. That for me feels like how are those two shows going to look and be presented and how are the, the matches on they're going to be so mm. yeah looking forward to it i doubt i get more beyond that ma- ma- much beyond match one of takeover but i still sound like a normal human being i'm going to be like dead by <laughs> the time we do this tomorrow that's it yeah so people can tune in and uh enjoy our ca- casual descent into madness jp day yeah. one it always feels like a good idea Day two, three, and four. Let's uh, let's see how we feel. But yeah, uh, you'll be able to hear plenty more of us tomorrow. Uh, follow JP on Twitter at JPGP. Follow me at Benson Richard E. Follow the Grapple app at Grapple app. That's Grapple with no E. Uh, Grapple has already got uh, the Evolve card from yesterday. WXW that we've been talking about, and also uh, All Japan's Champions Carnival from yesterday up. So uh, get your ratings in for that stuff, and yeah, you can uh, check us out tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> Bye for now. Everyone wants to take their cell phone cameras and record this because I'm not sure if me venting my frustrations is very safe these days. You know, I got here early and I watched the previous show here on WWN Live, and I have to tell you, I'm kind of, I'm kind of disgusted. And I'm disgusted because this is WrestleMania weekend, right? But WrestleMania and Access and all those are supposed to belong to that evil corporation, aren't they? But you guys, you guys have allowed, you guys have allowed them to hijack what is supposed to be independent wrestling. You guys have allowed the people who are trying to monopolize this business into our world. And that's exactly what I am. I am independent. And there's a reason why certain cowards don't show up on shows like this. Certain cowards who tapped out to me at 16 Karat Gold. Certain cowards who refuse.
that work for corporations that don't provide health care to their wrestlers. That don't 